is the final countdown. We are closing in on first pitch. Giants, Dodgers. I, I just cannot imagine what the atmosphere is going to be tonight. I told you there's been multiple people that I know that have gone, that went to game one, said it was as loud as they've ever seen, ever heard, ever experienced. A lot of media shared that same thought. And now you've got a game that we said earlier, uh, Vince Gully called the greatest game that will ever be played in this rivalry, the most significant game they've ever had. And, you know, the rivalries had so many defining moments in the regular season, um, times where each other has eliminated the other one from the postseason, and those are big moments. Those are really big moments. But now it's to re- eliminate the, you know, that was during a regular season opportunity late in the year, knocking the other team out while you uh, advance to the postseason. Or in one case, a couple cases, sometimes just keeping the other team from getting there. We talk about that when you have a rivalry. What's great is you obviously love to win. And if you're truly rivals, you get as much pleasure out of the other team losing. So tonight, one of the teams is going to be in that spot where they get both. They win, and their rival loses, and they're out, and they did it, and they're the ones that eliminated them. And if you're joining us late or just joining in now, Giants and Dodgers, we said Vin Scully tweeted earlier, it's the greatest game, like we said, in the rivalry. The Dodgers, by the way, um, have made a very interesting decision to switch from Julio Urias to, as the starting pitcher to Corey Kniebel. Uh, we'll give you the Giants lineup when we get it. The Dodgers lineup has been released. It is out. They're going to go with Betts, Seager, and Trey Turner. Smith, Justin Turner. Turner, Justin Turner hasn't hit in this series. Gavin Lux, that's something to watch. He hit and got on base four times in game four. Two walks, two hits. Uh, playing center, that, that's an area maybe the Giants can take advantage of, especially at home in that big ballpark. Bellinger, Taylor, and then, well, Kniebel won't won't get a plate appearance likely, but how long will he be in is one of the questions uh, for this one. All right, uh, let's get you let's get you ready for this though. Let's let's listen back to some of the moments, at least from the regular season, between the Dodgers and the Giants. Swing and the bouncer over the mound hits softly out near second base. It's picked up by Muncie. Throws the first for the out. Now they've got the rundown. The throw to third base. It's way over the head. Posey had come around third, and Bellinger threw to third, and he sailed it 40 feet over the head of the third baseman. Posey comes in to score. 0-1 to Will Smith. And a fly ball to left field. Well hit. Back to the wall, and Smith walks it off with a three-run home run. The Dodgers' third walk-off win of the year. And they come from behind to beat the Giants 8-6. to six. Buster hits a shot towards second. Over the field to Turner. Spins around, throws a first. And he pulled Will Smith off the bag. Posey's safe. Man, those are some of the great moments during the regular season. We've experienced some of those so far in the postseason. And uh, here we are. The moment of truth between these two teams coming up here shortly. And I think when you look at this, um, some other d- people are talking about kind of this decision uh, for the Giants or for the Dodgers going with uh, Kniebel. Uh, Dave Roberts also would add that Julio Urias was on board with the decision, um, with this decision to start Kniebel, says it helps minimize the Giants' favorable matchup lineups with their platoons. So it does feel very reactionary to me, like I said earlier, very defensive. You're a great team. You're the World Series champions. 
everybody picked you before the season to win the division, to probably win the World Series, and you're doing something different than you have. Now, they've played openers this year. Uh, The Giants have played against openers, and what Gabe Kapler has done in just about every situation this year when that's been announced by the opposing team, he's gone either lefty-righty, lefty-righty, or righty-lefty-righty-lefty. He's just kind of switched it up so that they'd have the flexibility uh, to go many different ways against the opposing team's bullpen. I had thought initially, before this switch even happened, that today's Game 5 was going to be a bullpen game. It was going to get there. We didn't get there in the Game 1 situation. That's unless... Logan Webb is lights out, again, as good as he's been. Um, The heavy ball down in the zone that the Dodgers weren't swinging at or were swinging at in game one, if they can avoid chasing those, they're going to make Webb try to work even more. And what a story here it would be if Logan Webb could repeat and have a performance like that. I mean, where where would he go in Giants lore um, as far as the history of, of this rivalry? But to do that twice to the Dodgers in one series? That would be absolutely uh, fantastic. So I anticipate the Dodgers being a little more patient tonight with him. Um, But I do feel like this game is going to get to the bullpen. The Dodgers are making it an earlier work. And by starting Knievel, what happens if he is wild early? If he gives up an early hit? Does the bullpen warm up already? So I think the Dodgers know this leaves them for criticism, this decision. And they're going to have to live with it, and they are living with it. That's that's what's going to be their their choice going forward. So we're still waiting to see what the Giants lineup was going to be today. I think one of the things they talked about was the health of Tommy Lastella. If he is able to go, uh, which I just don't know how. I mean, he is so banged up. It's an Achilles. He's a great hitter. He's a professional hitter. He makes it tough on pitchers. But can he field? I mean, can you maybe even with this adjustment by the Dodgers, get him out there for a first inning plate appearance and then take him out and move in, you know, Solano for the rest of the game if you're the Giants. And maybe that's by design. Do the Dodgers want that? I mean, I don't know if you want to overthink it if you're the Giants because you're probably going, why are the Dodgers doing this? Why do they feel this puts them in their best spot to win? That's what they've said. That's what they have publicly come out and said. They think this gives them their best chance to win. So what's the reasoning behind it? It could strictly just be, uh, the dot, the Giants filling the top of the lineup with right-handed hitters, and that's what they've done. Giants could stick with that lineup and stick with that plan and just say, you have to come to us at some point. Um, if you look at the keys to the series, the way it's gone so far, everybody who scored first has won. Has won in this series. Giants got game one lead, never, never trailed, right? 4 nothing. Dodgers did the same in game two. Went and uh, got that victory, even though that one was uh, was 2-1 to one for a while there. Gossman, who, by the way, Gossman is available tonight. Dodgers have said they don't believe that Scherzer would be, but I think it's an all-hands-on-deck type of thing if, if he has to go. I don't know what scenario that would be, but we'll see. Um, and both managers, again, if you work backwards, what both managers want this game to be, uh, Gabe Kapler wants Duvall to have the ball in his hands with the lead at the end. And Dave Roberts wants Kenley Jansen to have the lead at the end. That's what he wants. Probably Trinan before that. McGee before Duvall for the Giants. You work backwards, how do you get to that eighth and ninth inning situation? So that's what they're doing. The Dodgers are changing it up a bit with Knievel being in there to start. But a lot of things are going to be uh, dictated between now uh, and – or between the beginning of the game and that part of the game. So 
that is something to watch. All right, now let's give you some reasons why uh, each team can win here. We're going to start with the Dodgers. Um, They have been in so many of these situations. This particular group, Turner, Betts, um, all the way down that lineup, Seager, Bellinger, Taylor, the bullpen, so many of them. I mean, you think about last year having to go through the World Series and some of the situations they had, including a series. They were down 3-1 to the Braves. Rallied, forced a Game 7. Urias, by the way, won that Game 7. So they've been in that kind of situation. They won a World Series last year. They've been in that. They also have been in you know, big games in 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015. This team has been in so many important postseason games. Experience is a factor. Will it be the deciding factor? It's a reason why the Dodgers could win. They can handle this moment. Another reason why you look at the Dodgers um, as a team that could win today is their overall lineup. The lineup, I think, has more big swing potential than even the Giants. So the Giants this year were so good at that all the way up and down. We know they're not hitting collectively right now. But, for example, a guy I just mentioned, Justin Turner, has not hit very well in this series at all. At all. But do you believe that to continue? I don't. And, I mean, it might for one more night, but he's so much of a good postseason hitter. Traditionally, statistically, historically, he has been one of their biggest hitters that they've utilized um, in Dodger history. I mean, he's come up with so many big hits. Um, Their speed with Betts, with Trey Turner, they haven't been in a spot where they've run a ton in this series, but they can go that angle if they have to. And the other advantage I thought going in to this series that the Dodgers did have was the depth of their starting rotation. Now, the fact that you didn't have to get Scherzer but just once was helpful. I thought you'd get uh, either Bueller or Urias twice. Well, you're certainly getting Bueller twice, and, and that's already happened. And now it looks like Urias will at some point come in today. Um, you wonder a lot of times other factors in this series. And sometimes we go right to the managers. And watching the Dodgers play in all these series right back to 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, and last year, a lot of times when they've come up short, man, has the criticism been flung at Dave Roberts. And you would think experience in this case should help him, but that's where the wild card to me is on the differences between the managers. Gabe Kapler, I was not a big fan of that hire. I didn't think that made a lot of sense for what the Giants, and especially coming from Boach, as Amazing as he was, you're now going to Gabe Kapler. It just felt like a a dynamic shift, and it has been. Giants have even approached things differently, and to their credit, they have kept it with some of those same players, those core older veterans. We talked about this team being the oldest team, oldest lineup in baseball, and Longoria being one of the newer pieces to that old group, but certainly Belt, Crawford, Posey, all the moments that they've been in, they've still gone through a team that's now a little way more analytic-based but yet they're still producing. And so Posey's having a good series. Crawford's had the the defensive moment of the series. And they've also just found these other players that come through. So they've kind of gone through the reshift. And with that, here's Kapler, a, a manager that this year, 
he has done more of the right juggling of players, of pinch hitting, of switching pitchers, going and, and trusting in guys, leaving them in just seemingly the right amount of time. So that's where, like, when you think about, I don't know if it's advantages for the Giants, but reasons why they could win. When people talk about a dream season, a team of destiny, everything going right, a lot of times that could be meant in a negative term in the sense that they don't have talent. Well, obviously, if you win that many games, they do. Stats back that up, right? One of the best home run hitting teams, top five in ERA, good bullpen, good defense. They got everything. And they have that knack for coming through. I like that they had the Dodgers push them all the way through, all the way to the end. And yet the Giants responded. I thought the Dodgers would catch them. They didn't. There was a time I thought, well, the Padres will catch them too. I don't even know if the Giants will make the playoffs. That's long gone. And now there was probably fear, oh, man, they won this many games, they have to face the Dodgers. They come out and set a tone in game one. The game three game that I've been talking about a lot in this series kind of goes back to that team of destiny, making the right moves, getting all things to go their way, uh, and deservedly so, right? They've created this. And I think of game three as the game that if the Giants do, in fact, win tonight, as the difference-making game in the series. That game, when you think about it a couple nights ago, who deserved to win that game? one nothing was the final. You look at some of the final numbers. Dodgers had just five hits, but the Giants had three, and that's a game they win. And they got to Max Scherzer, who was absolutely filthy in that game. And then you ask your rookie, Doval, to come in and get six outs. Again, another pull of the right trigger by Gabe Kapler. And he got the six outs, even got the last out. Uh, and I know uh, I can hear Dodger fans going, that was wind-aided. Maybe, but that's part of feeling like the Giants are that team of destiny, that back it up with strong play, um, pulling the right, tr- making all the right moves, pulling the right strings, and getting it done. But they're just flat-out good. And that's why I think all these things add up to such an amazing series, an amazing storyline, and tonight should be absolutely fantastic. Are they overthinking things? Are teams doing too much here in the Dodgers sense? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I look at the Giants right now. Can they get those guys that have come through consistently this year? A guy like Late Night Lamont, right? You, you think about the list of people that helped them get here. It hasn't been just a career year by Crawford or Posey or, or people you would kind of expect Late night Lamont, all those times that Wade got those big hits, Solano, Ruff, down the line. So many different people have come through for this team, and that's another reason why the Giants can do it. And in one game, in one game situations, these become such huge moments, and I'm going to go back to why I think it's so critical to get the lead early, to get off to a good start, to make the other team adapt. I thought... One of the things that could take place today is, obviously, in the National League, you've got to decide when you're going to take your pitcher out. Usually, managers get in that spot where they want to see them coming up, so that's the the easy, most convenient way. I think Gabe Kapler is going to do what he can, as long as he can, to keep Logan Webb in, as long as he's effective. But is there going to be a spot where the game's close or, or 
the Giants are in a high leverage situation with batting and Webb's coming up where you go, man, I don't want to take him out, but we need that big hit. Those are decisions the manager are going to have to make. And by the Dodgers doing their move already with Kniebel, you know he's not going to get up. I mean, he's going to come out of the game barring uh, the Dodgers batting around in the first because if that happens, um, obviously the Dodgers are already in great shape and Webb would probably be out of the game. You just can't envision you can't envision that. I, I hope, I truly hope we have one of those games that gets us into the seventh and it's tied. And it's either team. Now, you know, the other advantage, you would say, if you're the Giants, why you'd want to be at home is the advantage of that last at-bat. And there's nothing quite like that. And certainly, if they're in a position, I was thinking about this earlier today, if somehow this game got to extra innings, there would be nothing better than being a Giants fan and getting out of the top of whatever inning that is. Because you know... Either you're ending it in a walk-off in a historically great moment, or you just move on to the next inning. If you if you've cleared it, if you if you've made it through the top part of that inning, that that would be just a sweet spot to be in if you're the Giants. But can this game get deliver that for us? I hope it does. I really hope it does. I know there was some talk earlier today about the Giants bringing out some big guns, those that are going to support the team, try to get people riled up. I think I saw some video of maybe even the Warriors uh, taking a trip over uh, over there um, via boat. I, I just don't even know how this is going to go, how it's going to play out. And the people that are there, you're fortunate to be taking that in. I think these kind of moments, these kind of games, I, I saw some ticket prices today just out of this world. But it is one of those uh, once-in-a-lifetime experiences that if you can enjoy that, take that all in and feel that just juice in the park. Oh, my goodness. What a moment. What an absolute great moment that's going to be. Um, so, so, you yes. like the juice. I like the juice. You like, like the juice, huh? Yes. Chris, you don't really have a dog in the fight here. Uh, what do you think about this fifth game? Um, eh. You're that indifferent, huh? I just want to see people overreacting. Well, that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Well, I want to see that. I want to witness that. I want to see my Dodger friends and Giants friends just go crazy. They all make fun of me when I'm watching a soccer game and I'm losing my mind and I'm not enjoying myself. So this is nice when I get to see them not enjoying themselves watching their favorite team play. Yeah, that's that's where I think this game is. You talk about how you watch a game and how it's – when you are that invested in something, which I believe giant, the, you know, the diehard Giant fans are and the diehard Dodgers So that's fans about are, 25% of both fan bases. Probably, but I, I, that's the real people I'm talking to because there's, there's several people that just jump on board, and that's, that's not exclusive to the Dodgers. It's not exclusive to the Giants. That's every fan base. It is a hard watch, isn't it? Like when you're, it just means so much to you that it is truly like what the Giants say. It's torture to get through it. You, you want to win. You enjoy it. It's one of those things where you probably is there ever a lead that you feel safe with? Like that's the thing. Like you, you want it to go well, um, but then when it's going well, it's like ah, oh, when's the other shoe going to drop? There's just so many things you end up going through emotionally. And it's funny is there's a lot of times with these games where it's just like a blowout quick, right? You know what I mean? Right. Or it's just like six nothing in the first, and you're like, whoa, what's going on? That wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. And then even those games though, like let's let's say that's playing out that way early someone's up six nothing through two i mean you're in really good shape but you know it could be funny like a leadoff walk in the third oh no 
It's like, well, you've got a six-run lead. Doesn't mean it's over, but that you can't even enjoy it. And like, unless that thing's to ten, twelve, especially in baseball, just you just never know. And, and later uh, in the five o'clock hour, in our half hour that we have there, we're going to go over uh, some of those kind of some of those games that have been deciders for the Giants and Dodgers. Just in, I'd say, in recent memory, since two thousand ten. Let you hear back to how some of those played out. But you're right. A lot of them. I feel like the Giants have been in situations where they've been much closer. Uh, for the most part, uh, Dodgers have had some close calls, some blowouts too. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know the uh, mental approach. I'm still looking, and I don't know, Chris. It's, it's tough to follow here on the fly. Have you seen a, a lineup still yet for the Giants? Not yet. That's it yet, but um, I have not. So, still looking to see those that are covering this team and and the game. I have not seen what they're going to do. But on the on the Dodgers side again, it's Betts, Seager, and Trey Turner. Uh, Will Smith, Justin Turner, Gavin Lux, Cody Bellinger, um, Chris Taylor, and then Corey Kniebel will start. I did tell you earlier that uh, they weren't expecting Max Scherzer to be available. I think he has just come out and said he would be available. Of course he is. Um, I don't know if they're going to try to go to him, but uh, this is, as they say, an all-hands-on-deck. The first game of the next series would be Saturday, so there's not a lot of break uh, between the Braves I keep saying, yeah, the Braves and would have to come either to San Francisco or to Los Angeles to get that series started. So uh, those of you that are heading down to the game, hopefully you're, you're there because you're about an hour and a half away from the first pitch. Um, that's going to be absolutely a fantastic scene. And then I also love the stories, if we keep things here locally, uh, stuff that's been done in the Rockland area for Logan Webb. Um, you know, all our local news channels are talking about him and, and the – Viewing parties, watch parties, what they've done at his school, his grade school, his, ele- uh, his middle school, like Logan Webb Day. Um, you know, everybody they, There's everybody says, he's our guy, he's our guy. And, of course, we have the local ties here, and I just think um, what he must be feeling. Still young in his career. He's already lived through that Game 1 experience, and now he's on a Game 5 um historically big game and you think about for the Giants in some of these other times in recent years well I say recent but back to 12 and 14 a lot of times that's where Madison Bumgarner would sit and you just would feel so good that he's going to get you seven innings probably six or seven innings of limited hits low run production by the other team if our offense can score we're in good shape what a spot to be in and if Logan Webb can do something like that, back up his game one performance, wow. How must uh, he feel about that? What uh, those supporters of the Giants and certainly all those people in the uh, in our area right here, in our listener fan base would think about that. And uh, after seeing him play, what, high school football and doing some of the other things he's done, I know he said he, he had always been a huge football fan and a, and a fan of the Kings. Um, but now he's pitching in game five of the National League Division Series trying to get his team to the NLCS to beat a Dodger team that's the defending World Series champs, a really good team, and uh, stacked with talent. So this is fun. This is fun. So tonight to see who comes through, who has the big hit, who has the big moment, and to echo the sentiments that we said earlier of Vince Scully, I hope there's not a goat in this situation, someone that just makes a blunder that we we remember for years. I just yeah. hope that's you not You keep putting that out in the universe. It's going to happen. Well, Vin did it. So I, no one's ever going to get mad at Vin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you say so, that now. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, still to come on the show, we do have our Kings tickets to give away for you. We'll do that coming up 
a little bit later this hour, your chance to see the Kings take on the Utah Jazz. When we come back, we will talk about some more things around the NBA, including some stuff with Zion Williamson, who continues to battle the injury bug. He is out for a couple of weeks. That is going to have a huge impact on the Kings. We'll explain that when we come back. Also, a suspension around the NBA with Marcus Smart and Kyrie Irving. He spoke yesterday, and I don't know if any of you understand it, because I certainly don't. We'll get into that and more when we come back right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Let's delay our misery. Say tonight. Fight the break up, don't come tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll be gone. Say tonight. Fight the break up, don't come. Back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Game night comes your way one hour from now. As Scott Marsh and the High Flyer Henry Turner will have that uh, coming your way here on. KHTK. Also uh, continuing much more conversation about the Giants and the Dodgers. Huge matchup tonight. Really looking forward to that as uh, we continue here. Also, Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. Uh, football tonight as well with the Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to kickstart week six around the NFL. And coming up in our next segment, as we mentioned, Kings tickets. Speaking of the Kings, they're in action tonight. They're going to be taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, several players from each team down here warming up before before us, down here courtside, down below us, as uh, the Lakers have been really bad here in the preseason. Still haven't seen a word really on who's going to be made available for them. They've been playing a hodgepodge of a different uh, groups of lineups here in their preseason. That's 0-5 Kings, 3-0, uh, and whatever that's worth here in the preseason. Uh, playing their final preseason game. It uh, looks like Marvin Bagley has been uh, listed now as doubtful uh, for tonight's game, which is unfortunate. I really like to see reps for him. Uh, played the first two preseason games, but now we're missing him in these last two. Uh, a couple other things uh, before we get back into the NBA. Uh, I've seen a couple of quotes now. Just anything we can find out about this Dodger-Giants series, we're going to relay it to you when we've got it for you. And coming up at 5, we look back at some of the recent deciding games for both of those teams and just some fun audio I think you're going to enjoy. Uh, let's see. This from uh, Dodgers broadcaster Charlie Steiner on L.A.'s decision to start Corey Kniebel. Quote, I have no idea what to make of it. I know what their thinking is. This is either going to be a move of – or he said, quote, I don't know what their thinking here is. This is either going to be a move of genius or a second-guesser's delight. Okay? Um yeah, I think they've left themselves vulnerable for that, leaving that door open to have people question why. Why would you do this? Why would you take out a 20-game winner from the get-go? Now, you're still likely going to pitch him, but why weren't you comfortable enough with uh, starting him? So we will see there. Um, NBA, all right. Zion Williamson. Yeah, Zion Williamson. Uh, injured still, right? And there was some thought, I know, from media day, from Pelicans camp, even from coaching staff and everybody there that he was going to be ready to go come start of the season and much like we just talked about Marvin Bagley it's frustrating when you have players certainly the talent of Zion Williamson that's been an all-star a number one pick kind of a a difference making feels like a generational type of player I mean he's just a freak of nature physically and right now physically he's not well he's going to miss the beginning part of the season at a minimum And what it's been listed as right now is that he's going to miss or be reevaluated. I should put it that way. Reevaluated in two and a half weeks. So if we do that based on that calendar right there, the Sacramento Kings play the Pelicans. 
in two weeks and a week after that. So they have four games with the Pelicans, and two of them will likely be without Zion. Now, I know far too well, covering the Kings for a long, long time, and specifically in the last couple of years, how many times the Kings have faced opponents without a player or key players has not always gone well for the Kings. And it's seemingly more times than not, it's gone worse for the Kings. But if, and these are big ifs, the Kings think they are going to break their playoff drought, if they think they are one of the teams to get in, whether that's the top six to avoid the play-in or seven, eight, nine, or ten, a team that I think they will be battling with potentially and competing with, that's the Pelicans. And the Pelicans, it feels way too early in the season to think about that, but to play them twice, most likely without Zion, is a huge advantage. And certainly if you could beat them, you start to think about tiebreakers later in the year. I mean, this is all way down the line. But there's a couple of teams, I think, in the West, when we really start to, to span out and look at it and say the Kings have to be in the 10 to get to the playoff. So that means five teams are out. Kings were on the outs last year. I think there's some teams down there that it's going to be really tough for them this year. Houston, they're going through a complete remake. Minnesota has been worse than the Kings the last couple of years. Doesn't mean they'll stay that way. Um, Let's see who else can we look at. OKC has completely tried to reinvent their team with just youth and future draft picks. So I'm not saying those three are guaranteed out, but I like the Kings roster certainly better than those three. So now you start to get into teams like Memphis, Sacramento, New Orleans, San Antonio, all the teams that were kind of battling right in those that next tier. And so that's why Zion's got to be frustrating for the Pelicans. It's a team that's clearly being built around him and Ingram, which makes a lot of sense. But you need them. You need them to be there. You need them to be available. And so now it doesn't look as impressive of a lineup. Now, they did keep Josh Hart. They added Devontae Graham. I think the addition of Jonas Valanciunas will be good. Sadoransky and Temple also come over. It just doesn't feel like the roster is nearly as complete without the weapon that is Zion Williamson. So if that's a team that, one, gets off to a slow start, or two, loses one or both games to the Kings, that's a huge advantage to Sacramento. And I think this year, a couple of things the Kings probably would like to do and want to do. I know a lot of people address getting off to a fast start. That'll be the most important thing the Sacramento Kings can do. And certainly it wouldn't hurt. Nothing wrong with that. But we go back to just last year and the Sacramento Kings kind of quirky season that they had. Uh, Remember, they won their first two games. I think a lot of people were feeling good about them at that point, which made sense to feel good about them. Um, It went south. It went south quickly, and then it still recovered. I mean, the Kings, I can't reiterate how much of a quirky up-and-down season the Kings had last year. And to win their first couple of games, then to get themselves down below 500, then to fight back and get there above 500 again, ultimately to, you know, just whittle away with those two crushing nine-game losing streaks. They have to avoid that. I mean, that goes without saying. You just can't have that happen at all. And 
this Zion injury, and even if we equate it to Bagley, Bagley hasn't had the same kind of career to this point that Zion has, but when you have a player on your roster that you are counting on, you have other pieces that can fill in, certainly, but the way rosters are constructed, and specifically in New Orleans, I mean, a lot of it, it, it's, you know, the equivalent of De'Aaron missing a ton of time. De'Aaron's a big part of what the Kings are going to do. Now, unfortunately for Bagley, he has missed so much time, he is not a big part of what they're going to do. He can be a part of it, but he continues to miss too much time. And so there it becomes an unreliable situation where it's almost a bonus when he is there, but the more times that you miss and the more times they figure out how to play without you, the more difficult it is to have future plans with you. And Zion's not in that spot yet. Marvin might be getting there if he's not there already. I mean, I continue to say what I think the Kings are going to do a ton of this year is play three guards, if not four. And I think all five guards that they have here and Buddy Heald and Terrence Davis to go with Fox, Halliburton, and Mitchell have to play and have to play a lot. So when you do that, you are compromising someone in the front court. Harrison Barnes isn't going to lose a ton of minutes. He's going to play. He's too important. It might hurt Holmes or Alex Lynn or Tristan Thompson, maybe Mo Harkless. It's going to hurt Marvin Bagley. He's a guy that hasn't finished games, partly because of exactly what I've said. He hasn't been available for a lot. So they haven't been, they've had to win games or be in close games and decide how to win without him. So even a little thing about missing two preseason games, in the grand scheme of things, not that big a deal. I think it is for him. Uh, it's got to be for the totality of the organization as far as, yeah, where are we going to go with him? He's got that, they have a decision to make on an extension for him. I think that's going to come and go, and, and they likely won't extend him. Um, but then he's kind of playing in a, in a final year that um, whether or not he, he remains a king or he, he's a part of a future trade, you just want the guy on the floor. You want to see what you have because when he has had significant stretches of consistent playing time there's been production we all want more i'm sure he wants more but you can see it like some of the reps he gets now feels like the reps he should have had probably a year or two ago we're like okay you're learning it still feels like he's learning himself learning the game and this is year four that that should have been much farther along but because of injuries that hasn't been the case so feel for him in that for zion um, I don't know if it's, you know, the same stuff we say about him. You wonder if that's part of the problem. He is a physical freak. He is so big, so quick with that size. But I don't know that her muscles and joints and bones and all that are, are meant to handle meant to handle that. He's still very young. And maybe he can. I'm rooting for him, too. There's no ill will on Zion Williamson. But that's a lot to go through, certainly. And... He's battling, he's scuffling, and it looks like he is going to be reevaluated in two and a half weeks. Like we said, he will miss likely the two games against the Kings, the first two of four uh, that they play against each other. All right, also in the NBA, uh, Kyrie Irving. We've talked a lot about him and his um, his stance after the Nets made their stance on saying, yeah, you can play for us, you just have to be eligible. And to be eligible, you have to have the vaccine to be able to practice, to be able to play. And uh, Kyrie went to Instagram. He spoke about it. I watched the whole thing. I didn't get it. I don't understand it any more than I did before. Um, he tried to explain himself. It wasn't clear to me. I, I, I don't. 
get where he's completely trying to go. I'd like to understand it. I don't know. Um, you know, he, he's kind of thrown out theories, far too many theories for me. Pick one, stick with it, believe in it. He doesn't want the shot. He doesn't want to be told. And I think he even hinted that in his, uh, I don't know, two and a half minute plus uh, Instagram uh, post where it was basically he felt like he was given promises that he wouldn't have to get the vaccine. Well, maybe there was a time where that was done because not every player has to. Um, They're going to make it difficult for you, but you're now on a team that has requirements in in its area. You can't enter your gym in that building in New York, in Brooklyn. Um, you can come here and play Sacramento. Uh, the Warriors, you could, but not if you're a member of the Golden State Warriors. That's another little quirk of this. So it's L.A., San Francisco, and uh, New York. So unless she's on another team, he won't be able to play for the Nets unless he gets vaccinated. And he did go on to add that, no, I don't want to retire. This is not what I want. Um, well, the the decision's up to you, Kyrie. And your team is going to go on. They will move on without you. It's just going to be what are you going to decide to do. All right, break time for us. When we come back, your chance to win Kings tickets, our Kings ticket giveaway. Here's what you need to do, 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140. Get online. We have a pair of tickets to see the Kings in their home opener against the Jazz next Friday. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. We'll have our question for you. You can try to answer that when we come back here on KHDK. All right, back here on Sports 1140 KHDK, Kings Lakers coming up. G-Man will have the call. That's at 7 o'clock. Of course, getting ready for Dodgers-Giants game five. Lots to come in our next segment about that. A look back at some of the recent deciding games, really for both organizations in the last 10 years. Some fun audio that we've got coming your way here in a moment. Uh, Something I mentioned earlier I want to to reiterate as well is uh, tonight's game will be uh, on radio, as all of our games are. Of course, G-Man will have the call there. We we love our radio broadcast crew, but I, I'm so happy that the TV broadcast crew has uh, grown and, and uh, some new names and faces out there. Congratulations again to Katie for getting that full-time uh, analyst position. Of course, Mark Jones and Kyle Draper uh, doing play-by-play at different times. Kyle will be doing studio host work, but also Morgan Reagan. So happy for Mo uh, that she's getting that opportunity, and she will absolutely crush it so so happy for her also welcome to matt barnes and kenny thomas all a part of that television crew pre half post play by play it is all there and uh, uh just awesome just so happy for her for sure and one for all uh, of them. one problem i have with that what's that so it's not a full-time thing for morgan right it's pretty close but yeah a lot of games it's gonna be a lot of games but not all the games no because as we all know morgan reagan has a perfect record when she's working for the TV side during the Kings games. That's right. What do we have her at? 1-0? and 2-0. 2-0. She's she had the, It was the uh, oh, one-game yeah, winner. Oh, yeah, the women's night. The women's night. And if you yep. recall, when the uh, Kings are playing the Lakers, I called it 100% that the Kings are winning without a doubt over the Lakers. I was called an idiot. I was called a fool. The Kings are so much worse than the Lakers. Kings win. 
Well, Chris, we not only have that, so the Morgan factor, 2-0, and and ever since Doug Christie's moved to the bench, the Kings have not lost. Summer League and preseason. So so you're saying that Morgan's more of a fail-safe for the Doug. We have safety nets we all over the place. Just all they do is win, 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 no matter what. Can't say that about the Lakers this preseason, can you? Uh, huh? Huh? That's right. So Kings and Lakers uh, coming your way uh, here tonight on KHDK. All right, it is that time, though, to win a pair of tickets to see the Kings open up here at home. They have the Blazers first on the road, but next Friday they'll have their home opener against the Jazz. Uh, you could do it now, 1-800-920-1140. All right, let's start with Mason. Mason, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Hey, Mason, are you a Dodgers or Giants fan or neither? Uh, I don't watch too much baseball, but I consider myself a Giants fan. All right, so you're rooting for the Giants tonight. Okay, just just checking, just Absolutely. get a little pulse of of things. All right, here's our trivia question for you. You have a first crack at it. Um, it is Kings and Jazz, the home opener, that you're going to get a chance to see. But the Kings ended last season at home against the Jazz. Not much of a game in the final game of the year. But who was the Kings' leading scorer in their final game of the season last year against the Jazz? Um, how much time do I have? Not much more. Um, two. Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton. Incorrect. Thank you, Mason. Ah. Uh, from Mason, let's go to Evan. Evan, what's up, Evan? Hey, I talked to you earlier. Sorry if you can't understand me. Are you Aftershock guy? Yes, I am Aftershock guy. Aftershock Evan. All right, Aftershock Evan. Um, you know Thank the answer. Well, uh, what was the question again? I'm 30 years from the fan, so I'm just wondering what who led the Kings in scoring in their final game of the year last year is when they played the Jazz, who they'll open up against this year. I love that. Sorry, I'm delivering a pizza. Give me a sec. Um, oh, you know. Okay. Have a good night. All right. Love you, ladies. Bye. Bye. Um, okay. Bye. Wait, were you delivering pizza for work or just for someone you yeah, know? Yeah, I'm, work- I'm working. Okay. You told them you love them? Oh, I love everybody. Even you, Jason Ross. I've been listening to you for a long time. Oh, well, then, you know um, what? Good for you. Leading score against Utah Jazz. Final game of the year. Oh, uh, let's go with uh, Barnes. Barnes. All right. Incorrect. Thank you, Evan. Good luck on the pizza and the delivery you got going on. Wow. We got a little bit of everything there. All right. 1 800 920 1140. 1 800 920 1140. Sean, you're next. Hey, sh- oh, John. Sorry. John. John? Yep. John, that's you, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Terrence Davis, maybe. Terrence Davis, maybe. You were quick. You looked it up. Good job. You got the answer correct. John, you were going to go see the Kings take on the Jazz next Friday right oh, here at Golden One thanks. Center. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Hey, John, you uh, Dodgers or Giants tonight? What do you think? Giants, Giants all the way. Giants. Giants all the way. There you go. John, hang on. We will get your information. Uh, you will be going to the Kings and the Jazz next Friday. I know it. People look it up. That was a. I mean, sure about that one, Jason? Yeah. That they look it up? Or about the, the game's on Friday? Yeah, why? That seemed like you were thinking about it. Oh, I get distracted. I get distracted. That happens a lot. That All right. Love lot. you. <laughs> How great was that? I thought, wait, is he delivering pizza for work or for. Well, he just tells everybody he loves him. That's great. He told me he loved me. That was awesome. Thank you, Evan. Aftershock, Evan. We appreciate that. Um. Anyway, so that last game, gosh, I was looking at that. I mean, it was 
Lewis King in there, Damian Jones. I mean, Fox, remember, he, he missed the end of the season. Halliburton was out. It was it was the last game. It looked like it. And uh, some of those some of those season finales are are tough to take. But uh, that's come and gone. That's long gone. Now we got to zero in on what's ahead for us. And tonight we've got Kings basketball. But, again, a lot of eyes and uh, across the nation will be in San Francisco. What's going on with the Giants and with the Dodgers? Uh, we put together some fun things here coming up in our last segment of the show. We also will have the crossover as well uh, from, Car- uh, from Carmichael Dave and Jay Mars in the morning. But here we are. We've made it to the moment of truth where these two teams will be playing. But we're going to look back at really since 2000, we'll call it 2010, when both of these teams have been in games like this, whether that's a wild card win or go home game, a division series game five, a World Series game seven, um, a CS game seven. What has happened? What has the past been? Most recent past for these teams. The Dodgers have been in a lot of them, and, of course, the Giants had that pretty amazing run in 10, 12, and 14. Uh, We will talk about that, dissect that, and go over much more in our final half hour of the show. That is all coming your way right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.